Jones, right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! Looks, he hits, throws the right yes! side. Yes! Has your mental health ever suffered at the hands of the Green Bay Packers? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Today in Town, the safest space for Packers fans. I am your host, Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined by my co-host, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers, and we're coming back to you with another podcast with more voicemails. We asked for your voicemails, you sent us your voicemails, and wow, we have some really good ones to go through, don't we, Braun? Yeah, we do, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, as always in Packerland, and and we'll start with some hot topics that are at the minds of the Packers fandom in this world that we live in, where the Green Bay Packers are five and eight, with slight slight hopes of playoffs, but also a lot of looking towards the future in our wake here, Griff. So let's get right into it. It is a weird spot that we are in as Packers fans, isn't it? Well, we asked for your voicemails last week on Instagram, and we asked for them on the show, and we never recorded last week the voicemail episode because uh, just scheduling conflicts, I guess. So we have a decent-sized batch for today's show. We're going to steal a couple that were sent in last week, but I think most of them are from this week since our last podcast. So it's really a variety of different topics. You're going to want to stay tuned for this. We're going to be talking Rodgers, Jordan Love, Joe Bear, bunch of different things. Brian Gutekunst planned for the offseason. Playoff hopes. Pretty much anything that you are thinking about as a Packers fan is going to be covered somewhere in these voicemails. So it's going to be a good show. Make sure you stick around. Um, and with that, Braun, why don't we just jump right into our first voicemail? Hi, guys. I want to know, when are the Packers going to spend money on a decent defensive coordinator? I mean, year after year after year, our defense just struggles. They can't tackle. We play zone when we should be playing man. I just don't get it. Why is it always the defensive coordinator that just, it just sucks? Oh, and by the way, if Christian Watson caught that ball the first pass of the season, totally different season. I agree with you, Bron. Bye. See, Griff, at least there's some people out there that agree with me. I told you. I, 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 I know there's a lot of people who agree with you on that. If you're missing the context on this, Braun is of the opinion that if Christian Watson caught that touchdown, the first offensive play of the season, we'd, what, you think we'd be 12-0 right now? Not 12-0, but I think we'd be a much different football team because all of a sudden Christian Watson is doing what he's doing now in weeks 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, those weeks that we struggled on offense. I, I don't think that's outlandish, even though it may seem like it. Just one pass changing the whole outcome of the season. But the way things would roll after that, I just see it differently, Griff. I think we have a, a dominant offense, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that that play affected his confidence in some way. And it probably did affect his confidence negatively. But I don't know. I just I don't think that that play really mattered all that much. But anyways, besides that, Braun, I, I, at least you have one fan who uh, supports your opinion. But there's a lot of good stuff in this voicemail. So... The defensive coordinator thing, man, it's so funny, isn't it? Because as long as I've been a fan, when I started watching the Packers, everyone hated Dom Capers. Everyone just hated Dom Capers. I learned more about the sport. I grow to hate Dom Capers as well. Dom Capers is out the door, and what was that? That was 2017, I believe? Or no, it must have been 2018 he was out the door. We bring in Mike Pettin. Everyone really likes Mike Pettin those first couple years. Then, after that NFC Championship game against the Bucks, everyone hates Mike Pettin. He sucks. Get him out of here. And then we fire Mike Pettin. We bring in Joe Barry. 
Joe Barry has never been a favorite of this fan base. <laughs> he is uh, unlike the previous two, who both had their, you know, their their periods where the fans were really big fans of the defensive coordinators. Joe Barry, I don't think, has ever been really well liked by this fan base because you remember, I remember it was week two of last year. It, we were playing the Lions on Monday Night Football, and we gave up a touchdown right before halftime. And this was right after the Saints game where we lost 38-3. to And at halftime of this Lions game, I remember posting this because that's how, that's how prominent it was in the minds of Packer fans that through those, that game, those six quarters up until that point, we had not gotten a single red zone stop. We'd given up like six touchdowns or something crazy like that in the red zone. And then it was like, wow, this was a mishire. You know, eventually things get better that season. The defense, we feel better about the defense as 2021 goes on. But then you fast forward to this year. And we know what the case is this year. Everyone hates Joe Barry. <laughs> Rightfully so, you know. For the most part, he has not been... He hasn't wowed you for any reason. But it is funny that we just can't seem to hire a good defensive coordinator. And Griff, it seems like they're getting worse as we go here because... It is! Dom Capers, who was part of a Super Bowl winning defense. Dom Capers, Mike legendary Pettin, coach. Had, certainly, right? And then he... Then we go to Mike Pettin, who we thought was very good for about a year. And he was even required to be kept on by Matt LaFleur when he was hired uh, with Brian Gutekunst having put him in the staff with, with Mike, Mike McCarthy in his last year. So it's just fascinating how we go to Joe Barry, who he had an 0-16 season and just not a great track record at all in his time as a defensive coordinator, yet here we are hiring him. And it's turned out, as you would expect, hiring an 0-16 defensive coordinator to go. And now Green Bay is probably going to be looking for another one this offseason once the season is inevitably over. And, and if we do not make the playoffs, you know, these things are almost a certainty at this point. And we talked a little bit about this on the last show, but there are guys out there, hopefully, that could come in and change this defense. Can we get a high-profile guy, or is it somebody from the college level like Jim Leonard who is going to leave Wisconsin at the end of this year, and that's a guy that Matt LaFleur, he preferred him over Joe Barry, uh, and, and Jim Leonard turned the, turned the job offer down. So is that now something that would be a possibility for Green Bay? Or do they go look at some of these guys like Vic Fangio, who had a ton of success with the Bears, or Brian Flores, who was a head coach in Miami not too long ago? Some of these names that start to come up, would Green Bay be willing to take a big swing after they took a big swing at special teams coordinator, and that's definitely, I would say, improved. So would you go and take another big swing, try to get an all-star cast of coaches on this football team, and really try to maximize everything we can while Aaron Rodgers is still a quarterback, Griff? Yeah, and we threw a lot of money at Rich Bisaccia. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I do remember this offseason like we threw, we, I think he's got to be one of the more higher paid special teams coordinators in the NFL, probably one of the more, the more higher paid coordinators at all. Um, so it would be, it would be pretty cool if they did that at the defensive coordinator position with a, with a bigger name. I, I do have to say though, defensive coordinator, it's kind of unlike offensive coordinator where offensive coordinator, when you're, when you're in the market for an offensive coordinator, you're looking at what coaching tree they come from. You're looking at what scheme they run. You know, what does their run game look like? Are they a West coast offense? Is it, you're looking at all that kind of stuff, but on defense, you know, there are different, there are variations in scheme, obviously, but in defense, I feel like you're more so looking at the, the coach, you know, how do you connect with your players? How do you, how do you coach your players rather than what is your scheme going to look like? And Joe Barry, we talk about this a lot, Bron. Joe Barry, I don't know how ma- how much his players really love him. I don't know how much how many players out there really love playing for Joe Barry. So it's it's interesting 
when you're looking at defensive coordinators on the market because I think more than any other coaching position even I think with a defensive coordinator you're going to be looking at how do you connect with your players you're exactly right Griff and that's what we talked about on the last show as well how are these coaches that we eventually want to bring in to be our defensive coordinator how can they utilize the guys we have because we have way too much talent to be this predictable and this poor on defense we just have too much talent and we've we've talked about this how can our new defensive coordinator utilize our players to the best of their ability and put them in positions to succeed at the highest level they can on an individual level that's the goal that's what the week that's how we maximize everything we can do as a defense with all these first round picks with all this talent that's how you do it. You take these guys, you get to know them on an individual, personal level, what they do best, what they like to do. You ask them these questions, and then you let them kind of figure out where they fit into a very open-minded scheme, I would call it. They need something that's open-minded. I would even say a guy like Jim Leonard, who coaches at the college level, works with these young guys who are raw and, and have a lot to learn, and he kind of takes what they can do, and he is one of those types of coaches that wants to put these players in the best positions for them to succeed. I feel like that would make a lot of sense for this level, where we have guys who know what they can do, and they could even more easily relay that to a coach like Jim Leonard, who's going to be open-minded in terms of how he would utilize them and and kind of surround an NFL scheme, which he's never coached, he can surround and create an NFL scheme around the guys we have. So I think that's something that Green Bay should definitely look into, regardless of who it is or or whatever they do in their next hiring process. It should be all about the players they have and, and how you can maximize their talents, not finding the best scheme or whatever it was, like Matt LaFleur tried to do by hiring Joe Barry, who was a disciple of what the Rams were doing, and some of the Vic Fangio stuff that's now being spread around so heavily. I think they don't have to worry about the specific scheme, like you said, Griff. The focus should be on the guys we have and who can utilize them to the best of their ability. Yeah, we hired Joe Barry after the 2020 season, and if you remember the 2020 season, that was when the Rams defense was like the best in the league by far. This was when Brandon Staley, now the head coach of the Chargers, he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams, working under Sean McVay. Joe Barry worked under him, and he worked under Vic Fangio years prior. And the Vic Fangio defense, that was like the start of it. But now that defensive um, scheme is now spread like wildfire throughout the entire NFL. So it's not going to be hard to find it. If Matt LaFleur really loves that scheme, which is built upon playing two deep safeties, keeping everything in front of you, taking away the passing game, prioritizing that over the run game, if Matt LaFleur really loves that defensive ideology, there's no shortage of guys. There's no shortage of assistant defensive coaches who he can choose from. So it really is going to come down to... Who is his favorite person? And whoever this is is going to have to look at this defensive roster and realize like the, these we have so much money and so much draft capital invested in so many of these guys that you're going to have to make these players work. So we need to find a guy who is going to look at this roster and be like, yes, I can absolutely work with this. Because you can, man. You can. We have we have players everywhere. We have Jair Alexander, best at his position. Devondre Campbell, all pro. Quay Walker, really young, ath- athletic. You know, he's got all the tools. Kenny Clark, best at his position. One of the best at his position. Rashawn Gary, one of the best at his position. We've got so much talent everywhere, you know. So there, it's it shouldn't really be hard to find a guy who we interview and is going to be really excited about the opportunity to come in here and turn this defense around. All right, Braun, let's move on to the next voicemail. Hey, Braun. Hey, Griff. Um, huge fan of the show. Uh, first time calling in. Um, I've, I've been a Packer fan for my whole life. I'm 27 years old. Um, I mean, I've seen a fair share of 
some poor seasons back when we had Favre in the early 2000s and everything like that. But, I mean, nothing is worse than watching this team right now. And it's because our our championship window with the most talented quarterback of all time is all but closed. And you've been hearing it for a decade now through three defensive coordinators or whatever it's been. It's always the problem with the defense. And, sure, they they've been playing pretty good lately, but I don't know what the problem is with the defensive coordinators where they just can't adjust their scheme to play to everyone's strengths. I mean, we got the most talented, highest paid defensive back in the league, and we're hardly using him for what he's good at. I mean, they've been saying it all season about how he's got to play man coverage and he's got to play against the, the best wide receiver on the opponent's team, but we're just we're not doing that half the time. I mean, we got the Rams coming up in a couple weeks, and let's say Cooper Cup is healthy for that. I don't care where he's playing on the field, if he's on either end, if he's in the slot, whatever it is. Jair is the best at any position on the field when it comes to being a defensive back. So he's got to mirror their best defensive or offensive player. I mean, he's got to follow Cooper Cup if he's in the slot, if he's on either end. He's got to be the one to shadow him the whole game, and we're just not doing that, and it's it's been a problem all season, and it's it's going to keep going if they don't make some scheme changes. Or what I'm hoping is get a new defensive coordinator because I am so sick of Joe Barry's defense. And he was getting bailed out when we had Rashawn Gary healthy, but now with with Gary out, his his true colors are showing even worse now. So I mean, sure, it's awesome that we put up 30 some points in the last game, but we're going to give up 40 every time if we don't if we don't make adjustments. So Joe Barry's got to go or make some serious changes, and I don't see the latter happening. So we we got some work to do. And if it's if it doesn't get itself solved by next year, I I got a feeling that that championship window is closed and we, we are back to the dark ages of the 80s. So I, I'm so frustrated this whole season. I don't even know why I'm tuning in sometimes, but – it's good to see that they're at least picking up the offense a little bit against good teams. So they they got some work to do, and if they don't get it solved by next year, uh, you are going to have a lot of upset Packer fans. Thank you for the voicemail. Thank you for listening, of course. Um, great voicemail. A lot of great points you made. I mean, a lot of stuff that, Bron, you and I have been so irritated by all season long, specifically Jair. The refusal to let Jair consistently shadow the opponent's number one receiver I mean, that's just beyond me at this point because we've tried it in a couple different games and it works out really well. I mean, the Washington game, he kind of got abused by Terry McLaurin, but you have to realize that's going to happen. Cornerback is one of the hardest positions to play on the field. The wide receiver is always, always at the advantage. He always has the advantage, the wide receiver does, over the corner. Cornerbacks get beat. Every cornerback in the league gets beat. You're going to have bad weeks. Joe Barry is terrified of this happening, so he, <laughs> he he would rather have Jair cover a tight end and let the offense get their six yards a pop than give up a big play every once in a while to Jair. And granted, Jair does give up his fair share of big plays. We saw it against Chicago. You know, he gives up big plays to guys like Nikhil Harry every now and then. He's gotten beat a lot this season. But again, that happens to every elite cornerback in the NFL. Every single one. Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl getting abused by Jamar Chase. It happens. But you pay this guy money because you trust him and you think more often than not, he's going to make the play 
when he needs to make the play. Exactly, and, and that's kind of right back to what we were just talking about. You want to trust your guys. That's the whole point, right? It doesn't really matter what scheme you're running if you don't trust your guys to go out there and do what they do best and make plays. And Because at the end of the day, no matter what scheme you're running, the only thing that's going to win you football games is the 11 men on the field. And you can win with them. The, the guys we have, I really feel confident that we can, we can be a great defense with them because going into this season, we all thought they'd be the best. So to me, it's all about trusting your guys and finding a coach who's willing to do that. That's really it. it it's not asking much. And it, it seems with the way that these coaches are so stubborn in this league, especially, um, it's just that's the nature of, of these guys who get to these positions as defensive coordinator and, and all of the above, really. They think that it's all in the scheme, that it's all in everything that they're doing, but nothing happens without the execution of the 11 men out there on defense. And to me, it's all about trusting the guys we have have and that's I think where the re- results and the success will come. This season was supposed to be about the defense being elite, the defense being the best of Aaron Rodgers' career, and then the offense was obviously going to take a step back. It would take some time to really get the get them to gel as a unit, but the defense would be good enough where we wouldn't really have to worry about it. We saw that early on this season. We were three and one. We beat the Bucks thanks to great defensive effort. We thought that's how it was going to go, but the defense has turned out to be a complete liability. And when you look at Aaron Rodgers' career, it's kind of silly how often. That happens and just like the last voicemail pointed out it's like we were three bad defensive coordinators in a row now of my time as a fan i were 0 for 3 on defensive coordinator rogers never has he's never gonna have that great defense and i hate to even bring this up because i know it's just gonna irritate me talking about this braun but tom brady on monday night football against the new orleans saints he's down 16 to 3 with what like three minutes left in the fourth quarter i mean Yay, Tom Brady, he has another comeback drive. That comeback drive, that that comeback, that fourth quarter comeback does not happen without his defense clutching it out at the end of that game and getting two straight three and outs from midfield, including I think there was a third and one stop in there. I mean, that that is a huge part of quarterbacks winning games. And Tom Brady, this year included, even though the Bucks are what, six and six, this year included, Tom Brady once again has one of the best defenses in the NFL. And he always does, he always will. And Aaron Rodgers, he's just destined to never have that. So it's really pointless to even talk about defensive coordinators or what kind of scheme we should be running or having Jair shadow anyone. It's pointless because as long as Rodgers is on this team, this defense is going to be bottom 10. We can't just accept that. That's the thing. But again, who knows what it's going to take. I guess we'll just move on to the next voicemail and continue to sit in the, the poverty of our defense. The Green Bay Packers were nothing short of disappointing this season, and we get that. But... If you were not expecting this outcome of the season, we lost a lot of talent on the O-line, on obviously our wide receivers, defense. A defense should be better, but it's not the focal point. Aaron Rodgers here with them. Is the season over? More than likely. But I'm not counting us out until we lose another game in which we should start Jordan Love. But I'm taking that 2% chance to have Aaron Rodgers. All right, Bron, I figured this was a uh, a good voicemail to lead us into playoff talk here because I know you've been dying to talk about these these NFC playoffs and the Packers. That it, this guy said 2% chance. It's more like 4.8% to 5% uh, probability that the Packers squeak into these playoffs and it's going to be real it's going to be a tight squeak, let me tell you. Because there are a lot of teams with records that are better than us. We are five and eight, eight losses on the year. There are so many teams who are seven and five. We've got so many teams in front of us right now that I think it's even silly to uh, get your hopes up. But 
Packers fans are <laughs> we're conditioned to success, aren't we? We're conditioned to expecting this team to make the playoffs and run the table. Really, uh, it still sticks with a lot of us who are always going to hold out hope that this team can turn it around no matter how late in the season it is. So let's talk about playoffs, Bron. Griff, you know I know all about this stuff, and it's my favorite part of football and everything we do. So let me get into some of the things. So a lot of people actually are asking about whether the Giants and Washington tie in this past week either helped us or hurt us. A lot of people are saying it hurt us, but it's really not so cut and dry. I actually think, if anything, it helped us. Uh, To me, neither one of those teams can win. And that's what happened. I mean, you want to, those two teams have tiebreakers over Green Bay, so our goal is for both of them to avoid getting wins, and that's what happened. So that puts Green Bay in a better spot, I think, if they were to try and win out and, and you're trying to get into the playoffs. So here's a scenario no, where we make the playoffs. Here's the thing. Riff. Here's the thing. We needed one of those teams to lose. We need one of those teams to not make the playoffs so we can make the playoffs because they both have tiebreakers over us. So we needed one of them to be bounced from the playoffs. They both got half a win. Griff, as usual, you're wrong, because in this scenario that I'm about to present to you, neither of those teams make the playoffs, and we are the seven, and Seattle is the six, and Dallas is the five. So instead of lowly Washington or the New York Giants making the playoffs, Seattle, who has been playing like a real good football team... Why are you laughing, Griff? Seattle is playing lowly, like a good football team. <laughs> lowly lowly Washington. Washington. Yes, it's true, right? I know you agree with you that. You still don't know their name. <laughs> I'm not calling them that. <laughs> <laughs> they have to win something before I start calling them the Commanders. But uh, uh, So neither of those teams are going to make it. Seattle, who I feel like is more likely and a better football team to make the playoffs, and then obviously Dallas, who's quite good. Those teams will make it, and then we sneak in at the 7 through this scenario, and I'll give you this, and tell me if it's plausible. So the Giants would have to lose to the Eagles and Washington, which they will play again in two weeks. Then they lose. the Giants would have to lose to the Vikings. Then they can beat the Colts even here, and then lose to the Eagles again. So their losses would be to the Eagles, Washington, Minnesota, and the Eagles, and they they don't have to. They could lose to the Colts, but they don't have to. We'll give them the win there, and and that's fine. For, so how does that sound, Griff? Does that sound like it could happen to you? No, that sounds absolutely like it could happen, yeah. Okay, so then let me go to Washington now. Washington has a bye this week, just like us. Then they have to now, and just go, like we just talked about, they have to go beat the Giants next week, then lose to San Francisco, lose to Cleveland, and then lose to Dallas. And that's all it takes. And we just have to win out. That's the one thing. But if, if all those things happen, tell me that's not on the surface, Griff. Tell me that doesn't seem Washington like losing to Cleveland. Washington losing to Cleveland doesn't sound super likely. The Packers winning their next four doesn't sound super likely. And here's Well, here's Cleveland something. is a good football team, and I, I think they can uh, beat a team like Washington. And I don't think Washington's very lowly. <laughs> what? I think Washington is kind of good. I don't think they're that. They're not like a. I wouldn't picture them in the playoffs. That let's just say that. I would say they're a tier above Cleveland, though. But whatever. Regardless of any of that, let's say that like, let's say that all of this was a hundred percent plausible and it could, of course, happen. And even the Packers winning out, like, okay, yeah, that could totally happen, which it probably won't. But let's say that uh, I'll frame it this way, Braun. So I've I have a coin, right? I have a coin, and I want it, I need it to fit. I need it to flip heads, heads. Heads again, then tails, then tails again, then heads twice more. 
All that sounds plausible, right? Of course, 50-50, that could totally happen. But I need all those things to happen. I need every single one of those things to happen in, in order for the Packers to make the playoffs. That's kind of the like same thing. It's not the, it's not the same thing, but it's, yeah. it's a very, I think it's a good analogy because no, I of don't course like it, it because... sounds plausible that a coin could flip heads, but, but you this, need, you need the coin? coin to flip the right way every single, every single time. But this coin is not a 50, 50 coin. The coin of the giants and the Eagles is not 50, 50. It's like 80. No, it's years. not, it's not a one-to-one. It's not a one-to-one thing. But even if it, even if it, you had a weighted coin that was 80, 20, it's still it's unlikely that all of these things are going to happen, which is why the Packers have a five push five percent yeah, chance Griff, to make. Nobody's the playoffs. saying it's likely. I'm just saying it's plausible. You're sitting here acting like I just said we're going to. I I'd like no 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 no. I'd like to. Think I don't. It's I know you don't think it's likely, but you you're having too much fun. I have to say, I just have to poop on your fun. You're having too much fun, Bron. Why because can't you, I have fun? You, you sell yourself on these things, and then when the Giants beat the Eagles, you're gonna cry. I'm protecting you from yourself. I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to be disappointed. And then some water will shed through my eyes. Look, the season ended for me when we lost to Tennessee two weeks ago. That was the that was the game. That was the season ender for me. The season ended for me when we traded Devontae. We were together when we traded Devontae Adams, Braun. That's one of my favorite memories. That's one of my least favorite memories. <laughs> you. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad we were together, though, because... I don't know. It could have gotten real bad. It, it was so funny to go over this again. We had just recorded a podcast, our first ever in-person podcast. You were down in Florida visiting me. And then uh, right as I'm editing this podcast that we just recorded, which we talked about the receiver position with Devontae Adams in the picture, right after we finished recording, you get the notification on your phone. I'm editing. You're... <gasps> And I'm like, what? I'm thinking we just signed a big player. I, I'm thinking we just signed Allen Robinson or something. And you go, we just traded Devontae. And my mind shut off, my heart stopped, I went into autopilot, opened up Photoshop, made a graphic, you did the same thing. Then we really started freaking out. We went through the five stages of grief within an hour, and it was a really dramatic evening for us. And then we got right back on the mic, and that's one of my favorite podcasts that we've done, because you are so depressed on that podcast. Uh I don't know where uh, this came from. Trip down memory lane, but that was a good time. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the next voicemail here. You know, this has been one painful year for us Packers fans, and you know, I just saw an ESPN notification that you know the Packers want Aaron back. But you guys better, you know, Aaron better figure it out, man. As much as I love Aaron, you know, I I don't know what you guys think, and I want to hear your thoughts. But don't you think he's let us down in several big games? And I love Aaron, but gosh, man, like. If we have one more year with him, which means another year with these receivers and, and more time with um, the receivers that he currently has, like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, we better make a run because I'm telling you, Aaron, as much as I love you, won Super Bowl and you choked in NFC Championship games. What, don't, do you guys agree? Like, let me know. Now, this was this was quite the voicemail, Braun. I'm sure this one uh, got you pretty heated. I mean, it, it offends me, you know, because here's the reality here. We're both Aaron Rodgers stands, if you want to call it that. But over the years, I, I used to go so hard. Back in like 2016, 17, even 18, I would go so hard in the pain defending him, dying on the hill that he's better than Brady. He's the greatest of all time. The game has never seen a quarterback like him. 
I don't really make those arguments anymore because it's a waste of time. Frankly, no one agrees with me. Tom Brady has seven rings. It's not an argument you're ever going to win. You're not ever going to change anyone's mind on that. But I do still think, I do still view Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest to ever play the game. And had circumstances been different throughout his career, I think he could have ended up with a lot more Super Bowls, right? But I, I don't really defend him as the GOAT so much anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with these last few years, even if you look back on his career... Wins aren't a quarterback stat, right? I I totally agree with that. Wins are not a quarterback stat. But wins are sometimes... Quarterbacks drive their team to win a lot of the time. It happens a lot. A lot of the times, quarterbacks are responsible for... They share a large responsibility for why their team won the game, right? And in a lot of these playoff losses that we've had, we have seen Aaron Rodgers in the clutch he's had an opportunity to go down the field and win the game against the buccaneers in the playoffs he's come short and we kicked the field goal whatever against the 49ers in the playoffs they block the punt it's a tie game and he gets the ball three and out and then he, he gets the ball back again three and out and we've seen him in big games before rather than rise to the occasion and become the best version of himself become the mvp that we know and that we love he kind of is choke the word i think choke might be the word i don't know bron i'm already sick of you <laughs> griff this is what happens we we get in these points and look it's happened it happened in 2018 it, it happened whatever in 2019 when he wasn't playing at his best then he has the two mvp seasons and everybody's calling him to goat again and then he has a couple injury ridden games and now everybody's all on him again this is i'm just sick of it why are we jumping off the bandwagon and this happens after one game people are saying bench him and start jordan love and i get that there's a lot of idiots out there but a lot of people say that it's it's just ridiculous i mean i don't even want to sit here and defend him over and over again because it's almost a fruitless effort at this point he is the best quarterback i have ever seen in my life and nothing's going to change that. Whether Brady gets another Mickey Mouse ring or not, it's not going to change <laughs> the fact. It's not going to change the fact that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback to ever play the football game that we watch every single week and we enjoy. I mean, he is the total package at the quarterback position, and I'm not going to. I don't even want to get that deep into this because it's almost disrespectful that you'd even bring this topic to the table because you know how I feel. And to me, the bottom line is, we will see him get back to what he does best when he's healthy and when we have something to play for next year. And I, I'm totally confident in him, and I'm never losing that kind of faith in him because he is the one guy that's kept us afloat for so long. And there are a lot of things going on around him that he can't control, and, and a lot of things, like we just talked about the defense, everybody complains and whines about the defense, but also wants to blame Aaron Rodgers for all of it. It doesn't make any sense. So is Aaron Rodgers the greatest of all time? In short... Yes. <laughs> I have to say, this season has not changed my opinion on Rodgers being in the GOAT conversation. I think mostly what's changed over the years as I've grown up is I think I just view wins as... I, I don't think wins are a quarterback stat. I don't think you can say that a quarterback has this record against this other quarterback or whatever. Joe Burrow's 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that just sounds silly because they never share the field even once, right? Until after the game is over and they do the jersey swap. They never share the field. So it's silly to say that these quarterbacks have these records in whatever scenario. But I, I, I do think... As I've gotten older, I do understand that quarterbacks are a major reason that their teams win games. And they're also a major reason that their teams lose games. 
But they're and, also only one person, and there's 11 guys on the field, 10 other guys that they can't control their actions, their execution, their mindset, their knowledge of the playbook. And there's also 11 other guys on the other side of the ball where they don't even take a snap. It's just uncontrollable, Griff. And think about all the things that Brady has nothing to do with. We just talked about this game the other day against the Saints where Brady, yes, they the offense got the ball in the end zone, but it was only after so many different circumstances in which they, they were terrible all game. And, of course, the Saints did everything they could to make sure that they allowed the, the Buccaneers to get back in that football game. And that had very little to do with Brady. So, uh, to me, again, it's just I can't go and sit here and say that Aaron isn't the best just because he hasn't won as much as another player because players don't win. Teams do, and Rodgers can only do so much, and he's put out better quarterback years than Tom Brady has. And it's just it's the, it's the facts, it's the reality, and he's more talented. I, I, I hate Tom Brady. You know, I still love Aaron. Uh, I'm, if someone asked me tomorrow who's the greatest quarterback of all time, I'd probably still say, no, I just wouldn't answer. I wouldn't answer. I would say, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm only 20 years old. I don't know. I never watched Joe Montana. I didn't watch prime Peyton Manning. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I'm, I still think Aaron is like, in my mind, he's the goat. You know, I still use the goat emoji on his posts, you know, but I don't know. I just don't sit there and defend it like I used to because it the, the case year after year, especially as Brady just kept collecting rings. It just it's a it's a harder case to make as a Packers fan, but this conversation I'm already sick of, and it was a bad idea talking about it. So let's go to the vo- next voicemail. Here. One real quick, one thing I want to add is that when you talk about it's not just us. There are players in the NFL, Darius Slay being one of them, Jalen Hurts recently, talk, calling Aaron Rodgers the goat. I mean, these guys, people know that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented guy out there. People like good football players and guys who don't just look at the Super Bowl rings on Brady's finger know that this game is a lot more than just wins, and there's only so much one guy can do. And it's just too much to put into one situation. I just think you can't put it all on Brady for winning all those Super Bowls, and you can't say that Aaron Rodgers choked in these playoff games just because we didn't win. He's gotten us this far, and and we've had bad defenses over the years like we just talked about earlier in this own show, Griff. So I, I can't go and sit here and talk about these circumstances that have nothing to do with Aaron and have nothing to do with Brady and start using those to compare how good of a football player they are. Yeah, and Joe Burrow called him the GOAT last year too. And it's a thing, I think a lot of people would agree that he is the most talented quarterback of all time. I I see people say that all the time. Either him or Mahomes, most talented of all time, right? But Brady's the best winner. That's like the opinion that everyone has for the most part, or, or Peyton Manning, I guess. But um, I said it last year before we lost in the playoffs, and I still hold this opinion that if Rodgers is able to get one more ring, just if he retires with two rings, there are going to be people throughout his retirement who are going to make a case for him being the GOAT. Because right now, it's the same thing happened with Peyton Manning. You know, he gets his last ring, his last year of his career. But before that, and that's where we are with Rodgers now too, it's a lot of people, it's just like, oh yeah, he only has one ring. And people assume that he's going to retire with one ring, which may be the case, but if he is able to get a second one, it's going to be a much, much different story in terms of Rodgers being where he stands in the GOAT talk, you know? It's going to it's gonna be different because he does have that second one. And he has four MVPs. That's ridiculous. He's got four MVPs, you know? Brady only has three MVPs. So with that, I'm, I'm still sick of this question. So let's move to the next voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show and i just really enjoy uh watching every week but um i just wanted to see what you guys thought about you know everybody's talking about the jordan love and aaron Rodgers, who to play good or not um 
I really think that we should start Jordan Love, kind of see, because then, like, if he does good, great. We know that, you know, we have a pretty good quarterback coming up. But if he doesn't, then we got a top five, top ten pick to uh, go get a quarterback in next year's draft um, with how stacked the quarterback class is next year. Um, and I just think next year we just need to fire Joe Barry. We need to uh, just move on from a lot of pieces. And, um, I mean, we got – we have the talent coming up, but uh, we just – we need to change definitely uh, Joe Barry. But uh, he definitely needs to go. But – yeah, I just wanted to see what your guys' take was on uh, that. Thank you so much for the voicemail. I mean, this is why, Bron, this is why I appear to be so passionate about the Packers' lack of playoff chances, 5% chance to make the playoffs, because I, I am still of the opinion that Jordan Love should be playing right now, because I don't I do not think, with a, even with a 5-8 and eight record and four games left and a bye week and the Commanders and Giants, whatever, I, I do not think that the Packers have a realistic enough chance to make a playoff push, and I do think it's time to see what we have in Jordan Love. Now, we did hear Brian Gutekunst talk earlier this week. We've heard Matt LaFleur talk all season. I highly doubt that they will ever bench Aaron Rodgers if the Packers are still technically not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They're going to be playing Aaron, and Gutekunst said at the podium the other day that even if we are out of the playoffs, we will be going into every game with the intention being to win the game, and it sounds like he is going to roll with Aaron because he believes that he gives, obviously, Rodgers is going to give us the better chance at winning a game. So, it doesn't sound like Jordan is gonna is really gonna see the field at all this season, which I think is really disappointing. And I think it's silly too, because uh, sorry that I'm going on such a tirade here, but I think it's just stupid on Brian Gutekunst's part to say at the podium the other day that he has seen enough to make a decision on whether he wants to pick up the fifth-year option on Jordan Love, which essentially means, you know, not totally, but it kind of means that he has seen enough to make a decision on whether Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback of the future for the Green Bay Packers. And that is, I mean, you've seen the guy play, what, 100 snaps? You've got 100 dropbacks on on, on tape, or maybe a little bit more than that? That is not enough. And we, he is a growing quarterback. He is still young. And the last time we saw him, he looked really good. How How is more data not going to help you make a decision here, Brian. Why do you not want to see this this player you drafted in the first round get on the field? You know nothing about this player that you traded up for in the first round. Why do you not want to see him on the field? I do. I don't care about winning games. I mean, we're 5-8. and eight. I've lost all hope already. And like I, like I said on last week's show, I'm not getting anything out of watching Rodgers at this point. He's not playing well enough. He's putting up 200 yards and he's throwing, he's got nine picks on the year. It's not like he's lighting up the stat sheet and is in the MVP conversation. He's not having his best season. I, I get nothing out of watching him play other than just nostalgia because he's my favorite player of all time. I need to see Jordan Love on this on the field. I need to see what he is because I haven't even formed my opinion on what he is as a player. So it makes no sense to me why they would be putting Rodgers out there. Griff, this is a conversation we've had a bunch, and I continue to think that I, and, and the Packers think this way, Aaron thinks this way, I think Aaron should be starting for a lot of reasons. One of them being we do want to win football games, even though, yes, would it be nice to have a top 10 draft pick by the time we're in April and the season's already over and there's only one team that's happy? Yes, probably. But I like winning. I, I enjoy winning, and I like watching Aaron Rodgers play well against the Bears and beating the Chicago Bears, and now we have the bye week, and I want to go see them beat Sean McVay and the Rams. I want to win. And then see what happens. Maybe there's a scenario where we get in, and then once you're in, 
you, uh, nothing else matters. And if we're hot like that and we've won five straight or whatever it is at that point, I guess it'd be five straight, then we feel like a whole different football team. So, And look, these are not likely scenarios I'm displaying for you, but still, the opportunity to do that excites me. And just to win games like that, how good would we feel about our football team going into next season if we were to able to string together a group of wins and the offense starts to look really good and then we feel like we can make some moves and add some pieces and then have a whole draft class come in? These are the things I think about. And the number one thing I think is Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs starting to truly earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers over the course of these next few games, hopefully on the field together, starting against the Rams, Romeo Dobbs hopefully returning. So those are the things I think about when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, who says he's going to be healthy, not dealing with these two injuries he's been dealing with. He thinks he's going to be past both of those things by the time the bye week rolls around and we go and play the Rams the week after. So I see no reason why to sit him if we're trying to still win football games. There are plenty of people with that opinion, but I, don't, I just do not, I do not understand that opinion. I guess it's because I do not understand why you would want to win football games at this point. Because I guess fundamentally, I do not think that we have a good enough shot at making the playoffs to really value it at all. And you seem to, for, I mean, good reason, I guess. Whatever. Next voicemail. Here we go. This is Kiana, and I'm from Pakistan, of course, and I've been a fan since 97. And I just wanted to um, ask a question. Um, do y'all realistically think that Packers can make it for the playoffs? Like, and that we can even really get in the playoffs? I just... I just don't want them to make the playoffs and they get knocked out in the first round. I feel like it'd be a, it's a waste of energy, waste of time. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Thank you. That's certainly, and thank you, Kiana, for the, for the voicemail. That's certainly a topic that you talk about when, you, when you're looking at do we want to make the playoffs? Do you want to go through the heartbreak again? Because right now, Griff, you and I both understand that this team is not very likely to get in. But if they do get in, you know just as well, by any miracle that they get in, we're going to feel like we have a shot. And and that's what happens every time. So it's heartbreaking when you lose. So that's part of it. And it will be okay if we don't make the playoffs because we're not anticipating that we will. And the heartbreak of losing a playoff game won't be there. But if we were to make it and then we lose, that is always a tough pill to swallow. So can you emotionally handle it is the question. I would say it's still worth it just for that opportunity and the excitement because I want to win so bad. I will go through any amount of heartbreak to get that Super Bowl. This is always a hypothetical that comes up during every team's losing season. Would you rather know for a fact that the if the Packers if the Packers are going to make the playoffs but you know for a fact they're going to lose in the divisional round, would you rather that happen or have the Packers lose the rest of their games and get a top 10 pick? I mean, for me that's easy. I'm taking the top 10 pick if I know for a fact they're going to lose anyway. Of course, I'm taking the top 10 pick there. But a lot of people like you, Brom, love seeing this team win so much that they want to see them succeed and make the playoffs. I don't know. I'm just, I, I guess I'm more interested in their uh, their long-term success. And I get that, Griff. That's a fine point from you. But it's about culture, too, I think. And even though the pick may help us in the future, I think the culture is an important part of it. All right, let's go to the next voicemail. So obviously, kind of like we get every single season, there's that quarterback dilemma of will Rodgers be back next year? Will he not? You know, no one really knows. Uh, my question to you is, what do you think will happen next season? I know, obviously, kind of a long ways away, and there's still decisions to be made, but Rodgers dealing with injury here late in his career, um, 
you know, just his absolute most down year he's had. He still went to Bears twice, but uh, down year for him. Do you think he hangs him up after this season? Uh, it, to me, it kind of seems that way because of the way he was acting after the Bears game when he said, ah, you never know when it's your last one, the way he saluted the crowd, just the way he left the field kind of felt kind of like he was done. But at the same time, you have rookie wide receiver Christian Watson breaking out. Romeo Dobbs did great before his injury. Um, even Samori Toure, I don't, I think I said that right. <laughs> so there's still a good team and they have a lot of potential for next season, especially uh, possibly a new defensive coordinator. Do you think Rodgers will return and make that last uh, run at a Super Bowl? Because obviously, you know, he's not going to come back if there's no Super Bowl in sight. Do you think he makes that playoff push? Do you think he comes back and says, hey, you know, let, let, let's try one more time? Or do you think he he's, he's done? All right, thank you for listening to this. Appreciate it. That's a good question. Thank you for calling in. One of the things I think about, your point with Aaron and his salute to the crowd and and some of the things he said after the game about if this might be his last one. Well, those were the same things he did last year too, and and I don't think he's going to retire. That to me, that's not happening. He's got a lot of money on the table, guaranteed fifty plus million dollars on the table for him to come just to play football. His favorite thing in the world to come back and play football for his favorite team that he's the leader of. I don't think that's. I just don't see him turning that down to do something he loves for another year. And to avoid it ending like this in a scenario where this isn't his best year, it was injury-riddled, and the Packers don't make the playoffs in all likelihood. I just don't see him going out like that before the age of 40. So I think he's coming back. Green Bay's not trading him because it's not feasibly possible to trade him, and it won't make any sense. Plus, you throw in the fact that Matt LaFleur said he wants him back, and Brian Gutekunst said that he wants him back, and that they signed Aaron Rodgers to this deal for a reason, and it certainly wasn't for just one year. All those things thrown into the mix, they're not going to cut him, they're not going to trade him, he's not going to retire, so the only scenario is he comes back and plays, and in terms of Jordan Love, you either trade him if you get the right offer, or he sticks around, and then they talk about picking up his fifth year option maybe, and it seems like they might do that, although I don't see the scenario why they would uh, as of yet, because he hasn't done anything during the games to me that has shown he's worth picking up an option of $20 million plus. I feel like they can keep him around on a deal where they don't pick up the fifth-year option, but sign him to some kind of one-year deal that is still a decent salary, uh, maybe a little less than $20 million. Maybe it's If, he, if he's going to start, maybe they can get him at a salary of $15 million for his first season, and this is after we already know that maybe Rodgers is retired at this point, or it gives Green Bay the option to let him walk, and then Rodgers can be on another deal if he wants to keep playing or whatever the case is. Unless they get an offer that they like for Jordan Love, they're probably maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they trade Jordan. I don't. They, Rogers isn't going anywhere next year. So to me, the only scenarios are it's Rogers and Jordan Love both on the team next year, or Rogers and Jordan Love is traded. So I don't know uh, which of those two happens. But all I know is Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year. The way I look at it, I agree with you, Bron. It, maybe not on the Jordan Love stuff, but I agree with you on Rodgers. The way I look at it, so he knew that Devontae was going to be traded when he signed his contract extension, which was just two weeks prior to Devontae being traded. He knew that Devontae was not going to be on this team, right? So there's no way that he was surprised or shocked at all at the lack of moves made. He, there's no way he's surprised at the talent level of this receiving core. He knew it coming into the season. So my my thinking is like, why would he do that? 
I think Brian Gutekunst in the Packers front office had to sell him on a multi-year plan of him being in Green Bay, sticking around. This year is going to be rough while we sort sort some things out with contracts and whatnot. We have to trade Devontae. Aaron's like, okay, that's fine. This year is going to be tough. You know, we're still going to try and win. We're still going to be competitive. Not that competitive, but at the time, he's thinking we're still going to be competitive this year. And then in 2023, I think that's what Brian sold him on as that's the year where, you know, that's maybe, maybe next year is his last season. But I do think that he is going to be around next season because there's just no way he goes out like this. There's no way that he signed a three-year deal knowing that this was going to be his last year and the talent around him was going to look like the way it does this season. I just don't think that that's possible for him to uh, agree to that contract um, this spring. So I think he's going to be around. This was a great voicemail. A lot of great voicemails today, but that's going to do it for today's show. If you want to leave a voicemail and be featured on the next time, the next time we do a show like this, you can call the number 920-430-0711. That is 920-430-0711. And we also have an email set up. You can email us at todayinsitletown at gmail.com. Go ahead and send an email if you'd rather get your question in in written form, or you can call that number, wait for it to stop ringing, leave a voicemail, and we'll go through those next week when we do this again. So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers. You can follow Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. Follow the show on Instagram at Today in Town. Rate us five stars on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening. Uh, give us feedback on Instagram. You can DM us at Today in Town, or you can leave a review on iTunes. We really appreciate those. Any feedback is important, whether you liked it or hated the show. And that's going to do it. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with, uh, it's actually the bye week, so I don't really know at this point what the schedule is going to look like next week, but make sure to send in your voicemails, your emails, because there's going to be no game to review. So we're going to, maybe maybe we'll do a couple of these shows next week. So send in your questions, send in your opinions. Thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening, everyone. Same time next week.